What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Under cold Midwest skies, something lurks through the dark. From the rolling hills to the flatlands, they move through the fields. They are cryptids of the corn. Welcome back to Cryptids of the Corn, part two, big questions about Sasquatch. I'm Justin. And I'm Jay. And we're back. So, we're going to pick right back up with, uh, are they all the same, this is an instill in natural sciences, uh, are they all the same species around the world? So we're going to talk about the difference between, this is science we've been science for a little bit, uh, which is very important for cryptozoology to get recognized as, yeah. a, you know, as real data collection. Uh, we're going to talk about the difference between subspecies and fully different species. So I believe that there may be a couple species of Sasquatch around the world, mostly your European main group and your North American main group. But I think they might, I think everything else in the continent is subspecies. So subspecies is a regional variant or a different variant that just has a couple little characteristics to help it survive better in that specific environment. environment. Okay. Uh, kind of like, so they are still genetically super, super close right. to a parent species. Is it like dog breeds? Yeah. So, yeah, think of it like that. Okay. Even though they, so they can all interbreed, they're just variations of the same breed or the same creature. Creature, yeah. yeah. So I think you may have a different species in, you know, Asia, Europe, and Each a different species. Yeah. Really? I, I think so. And then your Yowie down in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe something completely different. Um, so I'm going to tell you a little story about woolly mammoths. So woolly mammoths spread from Northern Europe, all Asia, and they crossed the, uh, the North American land bridge into North America. Uh, their Southern counterparts are, well, not even Southern counterparts, that's not the right word. They shared the range with another species called the Colombian mammoth. And there's kind of arguments whether they're subspecies, or they're really close cousins, but basically, one is a variation designed to fit a different environment. They have a lot of overlap, but your woolly mammoths were in the coldest of cold. Mm-hmm. And your Colombian mammoths could handle the heat a lot better. Mm. I mean, they were down into Mexico and stuff like that, Florida, yeah, uh, most Southwest. of the southern U.S. But they were all the way up into the, you know, into Canada. What they avoided, if you can, you know, I got a little map in front of us, they avoided the lakes regions. They could not handle that bitter cold of the winter. Yeah. They can handle cold, don't get me wrong. But yeah, I don't know if anybody on here has experienced Great Lake Effect. You're gonna it's it's cold. It's, it's real cold. it's real cold. When it's cold, it's a little bit colder. So <laughs> there's a lot of arguments whether they are fully sub or fully different species, subspecies, or phenotypes. So a phenotype is the same creature. It's kinda like a subspecies, but not. Uh, a phenotype is the same creature. As the parent species, 
but can look radically different because it's fit for different. Like long-eared sunfish can have a couple variations where mom and dad can't produce all the variations, but they just kind of fit their environment. Mm -hmm. That's kind of that part of that. So what do you think, Jay? Do you think they're all the same species around the world? Um, I think, yeah. I think they come from, at least they come from the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe over time they've, you know, have their differences. But I really, yeah, I think it's the same. You're really dealing with the same thing. Just adapt to its environment, wherever it happens to be from. Mm-hmm. Now I have some, I have ten, I believe, Sasquatch-like animals from around the world. Uh, well, number one is Sasquatch, you know, the North American Bigfoot. Um, number two is Yeti. That's in the Himalayas. Okay. Uh, it's, some reports report it as an upright ape, white or brown fur. There's even some with brown fur. Um, there's some other parts of the Yeti that may not be what we think it is. Down south, you have the skunk ape. Uh, that's like Florida, Arkansas, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. They're the swampland Bigfoot. They have a little bit of a different toe structure on their tracks. And that might be because they're a lot more aquatic. Oh, they have okay. to be. Yeah. Um, you have the Yowie in Australia. Uh, there are two types of Yowie. Uh, they're not mo- they the Aborigines and all the native or all the other Australians swear they're not mom like big big adult and juvenile, but there's a big Yowie and a small Yowie, and okay. they they say they're separate. They separate say they're creatures. not the same thing. Yeah. Um. What what like is one? I don't know. I guess is one more aggressive. Is one more dangerous? The big guys. They don't like the big guys. But they do like the smaller they, ones? They, I don't think they like any of them. I just think... Maybe not as threatened? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, don't, I don't know nothing about the Yowie. Uh, and yeah, the Yowie is very... The Yowie has a lot of stuff with it. Yeah. That it's its own baggage. So the huh. Yowie may not even be well, that a might Sasquatch. Be, that might be fun to get into and figure that we out. We've got to find out if they have a coin there. That's kind of our deal. A coin? Co- corn. Oh, they corn. have corn there. Oh, gotcha. I'm no, We yeah. can't do a story unless there's no. corn there. Yeah, right, exactly. So our buddies in Sweden, if you want us to cover a certain cryptid, let us know, but you have to have corn. <laughs> it's a requirement. Uh, Alnas. Or, uh... Almas? Alnas. Okay. Even though it's, it's... As far as I know, it's pronounced Alnas, even though it's an M. Okay. So where's this from? Um, Wild Man in Asia, Eastern Europe... Mon- or okay. Mongolia, Russia. Eastern, okay, okay. Yes, yeah. Uh, pretty similar Bigfoot descriptions. I'm not going to go into anything detailed. Uh, the grass band is Ohio's specific variant. There's nothing there. They just put it on the list. Oh, okay. Uh, for some reason, some people, I, I'm not disagreeing either way, some people think Wendigos may be Bigfoot tails uh, to kind of Wendigos are a Native American legend to kind of help discourage unsavory behaviors. Uh, Wendigo is a beast that people turn into when they do stuff like cannibalism, incest, Hmm. uh, uh, matricide, something like that. Hmm. Uh, So that's the punishment in their culture. Uh, So there's not a lot of evidence saying Wendigos are a real construct, it's more of a warning construct. Like a social construct. Yeah. But not saying... I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm. It's yeah. not my culture. Mm-hmm. It's not my story. That's just what I have on my piece of paper. Uh, orangapendic, 
which is a smaller Sasquatch, mostly red and orange hair. And I've seen, supposedly, a, a video of him. There's a yeah. video of that caught on camera. Um, Not the one sitting by the water, is it? No, it's a guy driving a... It's like a dirt bike, I believe he's on. He's got a GoPro on his head, and he's going through this trail. And then right when he comes around this bend, uh, it's like high grass on each side. Boom, here comes this thing out, and it looks like, I think, holding like a spear or something. And it comes out right in the middle of the path, and then it looks back and sees him, and kind of like does like a little... It freezes for just a second, and then it takes off onto the other side. And the guy tries to speed up to catch up to it, and it's it's gone already, but it's a pretty interesting video. Uh, next one is the Mapanguari. Haven't heard of that one. Oh, you don't know what the Mapanguari is? I do not. South American's Bigfoot. Ooh. Uh, some people also think it may be a the last remnants of giant ground sloths. It's oh, kind of got okay. some weird descriptions. Okay. We know it's mammalian. We know it's not friendly. And we know it freaking stinks. Interesting. So the the actual story has says it has a stomach on its mouth. Or a, st- or a mouth on its stomach. Oh, okay. Uh, that, that emits oils. So a weird thing is scent like glands. Like its belly button? No, it's a scent gland. So giant ground sloths actually had a big pit they would uh, excrete scent from. Huh. So that may be what they're talking about. Or, we don't know where... We know Sasquatch is capable of producing odors. Uh, we don't think they naturally smell like that all the time. We think it's a, def- a defense mechanism. Some yeah. primates do have that. Mm-hmm. So that may be their scent pit, too. Right. And just in the areas, they just are actively using it more. So it's... You can see it. It's probably, you know, exaggerated a little more. Yeah. And then the Aaron, which is Chinese Bigfoot. Um... But yeah, I mean, they're pretty much all... I'm not going into great detail about any of them because most of the, everybody on that list is big, really Bigfoot-like. Right. It fits the description, but when you talk about Bigfoot, that all kind of falls under the box when you're describing it. All right, so I think this is Jay's first real question. I have it too. Okay. But uh, Bigfoot communication and wood knocks. What do we have on Bigfoot communication and wood knocks? So, and I think we discussed this, I don't know if it was on the podcast or off the podcast. I don't know, we talk so much either way. Yeah, (laughs) so it's hard to remember for sure what we said, but um, about like with wood knocks and stuff, uh, I forget who's the one that told you, was it Shay? Yeah, it was was Shay. Who was saying how we don't know. We don't know. We know they do them. We know they do them, but we don't know what it means. Mm -hmm. I personally, I've never heard, I've never heard it, you know, I've never been out to experience that i've never heard it so i don't know exactly even what they are for sure other than what i've seen on tv or they're freaking scary i'll tell you that i can imagine i mean i we tried to swing a big log in a tree it's not easy no it's, it's hard to get that like authentic thud, thud. yeah yeah the, the reverberating thump yep when you know it's so wet yep yeah um and then uh the way they communicate i've never heard a how i've also never heard a howl or anything like that I mean, the closest thing I think I've heard was when we uh, went to Mohican this summer and listened to a raccoon get murdered by something. Out that in the was woods. kind of scary. You remember that raccoon that, like, paused running? Oh, and yeah. And he kept running beside us? Yeah. Whatever was behind it, it looked and, like, all right, that's a lot scarier than these three guys. Yeah, it ran towards us, the humans. It was running away from something else. I'm assuming they were owls. Yeah, that's probably... We didn't hear no nothing big rustling, no. but we just heard the raccoon screaming and get carried off. There was but, Yeah, there was owls... Or there was raccoons getting murdered about every five minutes. Yeah, which... That's probably the closest thing I've ever actually experienced to a sound. So, you know, I don't have a personal opinion on it as much. Have you ever heard any sounds, like recordings and stuff like that? Like, what yeah. do you think about that? Um, like the howls and stuff. Um, I think they're very difficult to explain 
uh, with any animal that we know exists or have documented, like wolves or something like that. Um, that's about probably the closest thing I could say it maybe sounds like. Like wolves or coyotes when they go nuts or something like that. But it's not. It's I've heard them before. Because we have coyotes outside our house, you know, out in the woods behind our house just going nuts. Like they just got to kill or something, you know, packs. Of, I don't know how big a pack is, but there were tons of them back there. And you just hear them howling all night loud. And that's probably the closest thing I've heard to like those sounds that you've heard. But it's distinctly different, like completely different than what you hear on TV or the internet or things like that of what is supposedly Bigfoot. Have you ever heard the Sierra sounds? Um, you've talked about it, but I've never actually listened to them. Uh, they are disturbing, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, they're very... There's some parts that sounds like language, and it sounds like people arguing. And I couldn't find the actual study, so I'm not gonna... I was really trying to find the actual study that put into this. So they've been analyzed a lot. And they have parts that are above and below human vocalization uh they showed that the original recording was not a re-recording mm. so whatever was happening whatever was making those noises were in front of the original recorders um so we have above and below human range original recording and they have a lot of characteristics of primitive language and it is almost impossible to make up your own language yep uh it is so hard it takes generations for us to do it uh so it shows, and now not only is it primitive language, it's primitive language that has parts of it that's above and below human capabilities to produce. And it even has parts below human hearing. Mm. So, it's 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 very mm. dramatic. It'd be very hard, and we're talking, I believe, the late 70s, or maybe early 80s. Was when that was recorded? Yeah, don't hold me to that, because I don't have it in front of me. But, uh, so you're talking about very, very, and it's still... Not disproven to this day. Yeah. It's inst- it's almost impossible to prove something, but it's very easy to disprove something. So right. does this still be standing, you know... The test of time, especially with our modern technology today, to dis- disprove anything, especially in this field. If it can be disproven, it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And then, like you were saying with the wood knocks and stuff, with like Tom Shay and a bunch of other uh, Bigfooters believe... We know, we believe we know a core group of their noises, calls. That's me. That's my boots. Okay. That kind of stuff. We don't know what they mean. We we have no idea. Uh, a lot of researchers believe the wood knocks are a way to locate each other while they're traveling through an area. They may be hunting hmm. uh, or they may be around people and that's what specifically they're doing it because they're around people. Uh, so they don't make a lot of noise from their mouths, you know, from their... Because people bang stuff. and So it may be a learned behavior to kind of go more un- undetected. Because the average Joe's is going to think of wood knocks of some kids. Because right, some kids yeah. do. Uh, they're almost always in sets of three. Boom, boom, boom. And they're kind of spaced out. So we just we just don't know. Think there's any significance to that, being in three? No, I think... I think it's just so they know it's them. Mm, yeah. But why the number three? Uh, I don't know. Why do we, you know, why do you, why would it be the number two or the number four? It's just a number. It, I think it, it's something that they just do. So you think it's just a number? Yeah. Okay. It's just three. It's just, you know, that's us. Three. You know, it's not one bang. It's not two bangs. It's not five bangs. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a kind of, of a small section of that. But usually, like you said, you have stuff like the Ohio House, which I believe Matt Moneymaker recorded oh, okay. in the 90s. He did the Ohio yeah. House? Yeah. Oh, original okay. Ohio House. Yeah, I believe that was Matt that did the okay. original Ohio House. Um, but yeah, so it just, the communication part, there's just so much to it, and we don't want to, this is kind of an overview episode. Yeah, I mean. So it's just, you know, any one of these topics can be a whole episode easily on their on own. On its own, for sure. Um, now, what makes Ohio special, we already kind of talked about with migration. You know, that's probably why there's so many sightings, is just because, in my opinion, this is a migrational state, not a residential state for most of it. I don't think we have a, if we do have a residential Bigfoot, it's not a big population. It may just be a couple family troops. Uh, I think we have a lot of migrant, I think we have a lot of migratory Bigfoot. I think a lot of families move through uh, that are going to Kentucky and Tennessee that are maybe from the northern part of like Michigan and in New York and stuff. And we found that out too with just talking, you know, ever since we started this group, people just in our very local area started telling us. Mm-hmm. stuff that they've seen that you know they've never told us before we never talked about it. and people we've known for a while just get out of the woodwork and a lot of it is late fall that seems to be yeah. a lot more of the common and that's probably because they're taking off crops yeah same but it's kind of lagging behind and crops can be taken off on a it's not people that don't farm it's hard to explain they get taken off when they're ready so yeah. it could be really early year it could be really late year yeah so it's you know if you're a migratory animal you kind of base off a guess Mm-hmm. Uh, an intelligent migratory animal. You base off a guest, or a guess. Sorry, uh, <laughs> and then you just go, and then you might get screwed because the corn's all gone. Right. Yeah. And now you have to, you know, beans aren't doing much to hide a bigfoot. No. I'll tell you that right now. Not at all. Not around here. Mm-mm. But yeah, we already talked about like the un- uh, uncharacteristically aggressive behaviors down in southern hawking. Uh, that might be a nesting ground. That's my feelings about it. Is it's, uh, that's also where a lot of the Ohio nests have been found. Uh, a Bigfoot nest in Ohio. That's why they get called the Grass Man. Um, oh, okay. okay. They make these giant kind of grass domes, mm-hmm. and the ones you see on TV aren't accurate. Uh, what they are more like, they are woven in grass fields, to be hard. They're not big structures. They're like you have to lay in them. But like something to crawl into yeah. or something basically. Yeah, but they're almost hard, they're almost impossible to see from the outside. Yeah. So it's a good hiding spot, especially maybe if you're hiding a young one, for the for the you know the activities when you're out foraging or whatever. Yeah. That it's, it takes a lot to find one. Um, and now, we're on. We're gonna move on to history and legends. Uh, this is a J question, J. What are some Midwest Native American legends and stories? So after doing a little bit of research on this, it I, it seems that there's Native American stories literally from coast to coast, like every tribe, from the Shoshone to the Cherokee to everywhere. Everywhere has these stories. So I know down the line what we should do a we're going to do a feature episode yeah, specifically mean... on all these stories and things like that. I don't think all these stories. Well, yeah, we're gonna pick out stories in this field. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. It's a big. It's a big. It's a big topic. Oh yeah. Well, when I was when I was researching, like I said, literally almost every not every tribe, but there were just so many different tribes, so many different stories, and so I'm just gonna do like a quick overview of uh, what I think. You know, kind of is going on with 
Native Americans and Bigfoot. Um, but like we even said earlier, every continent has its own Bigfoot story. And then the indigenous people of all those continents have a Bigfoot, you know, it's related story. Um, which I think, I think brings further credibility to, you know, there's actually something out there. I, I know you and I both believe there really is. But... Yeah, no, I get it. It's just, it's hard to not have any experiences with any of this stuff and then be like, okay, yeah, there's something there. Yeah. I get it. It's not, yeah, I'm never going to question somebody not believing in something. Because right. I wouldn't believe if I didn't have my experiences. I think you're all crazy. Right, yeah, yeah. Because I was a biologist. It's just, no, you're nuts. You almost need to see to believe. Yeah, you there won't be hit by a semi by now. And then I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I've never seen anything. Never experienced it, but I do believe. I but believe. Jay does. I want to be upfront with everybody about Jay. He does have a tinfoil hat in his car. Well, I mean, just just for when he's driving. Yeah, just for when I'm driving and make sure the radio passing, is all the way down. Yeah, he's passing all those cell towers. <laughs> They're everywhere now. They're literally everywhere. They I got, shouldn't. Have, I shouldn't have said anything. They got cell towers. Buy cell towers. Yeah, I was trying to make a joke, and then. <laughs> It's then, real. Then, then Jay got very aggressive with me. He's pulling something out of his pocket. Yeah, the antennas go up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. So continue. So um, I saw this little story, like Native American folklore story. Um, I didn't really have a tribe or anything attached That's to it. It's not the Akin, is it? The what? The Akin? The Akinanak? No. Okay. I don't, not that I'm aware of. And we mentioned earlier, like the Wendigo and stuff. I mean, that's, that's... Native American folklore, like stuff like that, too. Um, but the one I listened to, it was a story about, they were talking about how Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever you want to call him, is like, they called him like, like older brother, you know, it mm-hmm. translates roughly or, um, ancient man or something like that. Just like that kind of a name. But they said that he's like a spirit of the forest. Um, and he helped the Native American tribes, you know, grow and learn. And he was a helper and helped move us along. And the story that they told was there was, like, a tribe that went out hunting. You know, it took them three days to get to the hunting grounds. And uh, they went to hunt bison or deer. They brought back deer because bison's just too much to carry all the way back. Um, any small games, not enough food to feed her once. They were going for deer. And they finally found one, shot at one with an arrow. Um started bringing it back. They're on a three-day trek, and the deer started, you know, to get rotten and rot before they could make it all the way back. So they got some of the meat back, but they didn't get a full thing to feed everybody, like, as much as they wanted to. And um, so they went back again. Um, and then this time, when the guy shot, when the one of the Native Americans shot the arrow, they I don't know if he missed or if they said a Bigfoot, this spirit of the forest, grabbed the arrow. And snapped it in half. And they were just like bewildered. Didn't know what to think. And they said this thing just stared at them. And then uh, so they just continued hunting. So they need to eat. They need to bring back a deer. And they pulled back, saw another deer, pulled, drew back on the bow. And then they said this thing stepped out in front of them again and stopped them. And they said it just stared them down. And they put their bows down. And they're like, okay. And they said this thing went to the antelope or the deer, whatever it was. And said it was frightened it went right up to it grabbed it and snapped all of its legs broke its legs and so they were like they realized it was helping them right and so that way the meat wouldn't rot right so and then they said it went to they said they went to go in the deer's life went to go kill it just cut its throat and it stopped him again 
So they didn't, they just let him do what he was doing. They said he went and gathered like these roots and um, like honey and like, uh, what was the lion's, lion's bane? Is that like a mushroom or something or lion's? Yeah, the lion's bane is so, a mushroom. I think that was, I think that was one of the things they mentioned, but they said uh, it gave, it fed the deer like these, this mix of herbs and stuff that it just foraged right there and was rubbing it on the, uh, the areas and stuff, it was, I guess it was like a natural painkiller or something. That, something that kept the deer alive and then not suffering or wasn't making noises and stuff like that. So they could carry this deer. They said it threw up over its shoulder, walked with them all the way back to where their village was. And, um, and then it, and then they killed it and fed everyone, you know, fed the whole tribe. And they tried to give it the Bigfoot, the spirit, whatever it was, some of the deer. And it just kind of went off into the woods and it was gone. So they kind of attributed it, and this is a long, long time ago. Like, this goes back right after the ice melted in the Ice Age. Like, that far back. That's how far back this, like, folklore goes. That they, that these creatures were there to teach mm-hmm. them how to survive, basically. How to live in the environment. And, which I think is interesting. I think it, what if these creatures did, are here to help us? to help us further along and they're just that's why they watch that's why they observe and now they're what if they're just stuck here what if they're placed here that's getting into like conspiracy stuff but i mean so the i i know one story and i'm not gonna go into full a lot of detail with it because i don't know the tribe i don't want to disrespect anybody because it's their Mm -hmm. it's it's their history but basically they have this i cannot remember the name of it they had this party every year and they have a name for the Sasquatch, and they would invite these Sasquatch down to the party every year. And so mm-hmm. one time they'd ever see them, mm-hmm. and they they all they'd be like forty Sasquatch coming out of the party, and they would have contests and games and stuff like that. And one year, a Sasquatch accidentally killed a guy during one of the games, mm. and the Sasquatch felt so horrible they left and they never came back and they invited them for years they never came back but wow. it's kind of this thing that that uh that's one of the few stories that the sasquatch they used to have a really, a really open relationship with humans active trade and stuff and then the sasquatch the sasquatch are the ones that ruined the relationship yeah and the people weren't mad it's, it, as far as the story goes you know it's the story the people weren't mad at the sasquatch it, you know it, they were i think they were wrestling and one of the Native Americans was very, very prideful about his wrestling skills, so he wanted to wrestle a Sasquatch, and it didn't go good for him. Yeah. And the Sasquatch actually felt extremely horrible Yeah. about the situation, and that's, that's why they separated themselves from, at that point, modern culture. Hmm. But it just, they got a lot of stories, and each, each culture is very different with their stories yeah. on the Sasquatch. Some are revered nature spirits. Some are demonic, almost demonic beings. Mm-hmm. Some are, like you said, uh, wood brother or, you know, older brother or stone mother. You know, stone mother. I've heard that one, too. Yeah. Uh, it's just, there's a lot there. And obviously there would be. These are the people that lived here in harmony with these things for a long time. Right, yeah. Uh, I mean, of course they'd have a lot of, a lot of their folklore is built around it. I mean, a lot of... Uh, Indonesians, their folklore is built around tigers. Mm-hmm. You pick the the biggest, strongest thing that most of the time will avoid people. I mean, tigers, besides a few man eaters in history, do not want anything to do with humans. Yeah, uh, they don't. They know 
humans are bad. Yeah, bad news. Yeah. And I think the Sasquatch at this point knows that. I think there used to be a point where maybe there was a lot more open of a relationship they had with us. Especially well, with natives. The Native Americans. That are living, that aren't destroying, you know, the land they live in or their area. They're not, they're living in I can't remember if it was the Vikings when they got here. They said that there was a, a land of giants too. Hmm. So for people who don't know, the, uh, sorry, I heard just heard something. The people that, uh, the Vikings were here first with the Native Americans. Right. And they had really good relations. And that's kind of why the Native Americans were really trusting when white people showed up again. Yeah. But where that's a different story for a different time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the Native Americans have an extremely rich history with this stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think that pretty much covers that. Like Jay said, we are gonna, that's a whole, that's a, that's a whole podcast. Yeah. Like, that's a whole series. With, with research and just, even just a little bit, you you realize how much of a, I guess, relationship they had. Yeah, each, each tribe has its own view of something Sasquatch-like. Whether it's good, bad, contact, like Mm -hmm. no contact, or just stories, it's, there's a lot. They have something there. Yeah. All right, now we're going to take a little break real quick, and then we're going to step into the supernatural. Okay, we're back. We're going into supernatural and paranormal aspects of Sasquatch. Um, so we're recording these all, these two episodes back-to-back, so we start to sound a little tired, that's why. <laughs> I just woke up uh, a little bit ago. And I know Jay just woke up. Jay works a lot later than I do. Yeah, it was, it was a late night again. Um, but so we're going to do the connection with orbs. If you people don't know what orbs are, you're living under a rock. But orbs are uh, basically little balls of light. They can be any kind of color. They normally don't flicker and they normally don't change color. Uh, a lot of times they see, they're they seen to actually... Like a little pinpoint of light and they kind of bounce like they're walking. And then they go around structures. They're not like a ghost light where they kind of go through stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's what a, a real loose and fast definition of orbs Orb, is. Yeah. Um, and they're actually going to be their own episode one day. Because there's, there's a lot on orbs. Uh, whether they are actually a Sasquatch phenomena or not. Um, they are often seen... So I got just a whole little list of stuff. They are often seen with Bigfoot. Or, right, they're so in the same area. They're either before, after, or sometimes during a Bigfoot sighting and encounter. Um, some people, so there's, I'm just going to go through this list. And we're not going to go into too in-depth about any of it. Because it's chunky. I have a whole page of just bullet points. Uh, some people think they are a byproduct of infrasound. That uh, people all, so that's a phenomenon with a phenomenon. People believe Bigfoot is capable of infrasound, which is an, uh, a very low frequency. It can cause light hallucinations, not as in light as in not heavy, light as in produ- production of light right. uh, hallucinations <laughs> in humans. It can. We know it can. So some people think that that's why they're often seen in, around, before, after Bigfoot. Is it their infrasound they may be using for communication is causing this hallucination in humans. Um... But that's also if Bigfoot uses infrasound, which is not proven. Yeah. So it's it's, it's a theory. it's a phenomena with a phenomena. Uh, 
Some people believe that Sasquatch actually can manifest these balls of energy through some kind of extra power they have, uh, whether it's bioluminescence or something a little more supernatural, like uh, telekinesis or something like that. You know, they're mm-hmm. actually using their their mind to make these things. Uh, another big theory is that Bigfoot is an interdimensional being, and they kind of hop back and forth between a parallel dimension. And so the orbs are what's left when they're not in our dimension actively. So they can't, so some people believe you can't be in one or the other fully. So you got to leave something behind and that's kind of the residual the, energy. Yeah, that's the piece. That's why they almost look like they're walking. It's because the Sasquatch is still walking. It's just not here. Yeah. Um, some people think they are the fae folk. If anybody don't know what the fae folk are, uh, they're fairies. So basically fairies are anything... They don't have to be small to be a fae folk. Fairies aren't small in uh, medieval cultures and English culture and stuff like that. So some people believe that they're the fae folk that may just be hanging around Bigfoot. They Some people think Bigfoot is a fae, uh, mm. some kind of wood fairy. And once again, fairies aren't like Tinkerbell. That's a big group. Some fairies are monsters. Some fairies aren't. Uh, so that's, that's kind of an option. Um... Where was I? Sorry. We'll get better at this. I'm bad about keeping track. <laughs> uh, others believe that uh, they may be beings from another world or another dimension themselves that are attracted to Sasquatch for whatever reason. Mm. I mean, maybe aliens like Bigfoot the same reason we like Bigfoot. Right. They're intriguing. Like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. I'm going to put a camera on that guy. You know how annoying that'd be for a Sasquatch avoiding human capture for all these years and then aliens come and, like... Scoop you up. Now there's a camera just following you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Can't get away from anything. And then the other one, and this is kind of one I kind of fall into, is there's just correlation. There's no connection. Okay. Uh, that whatever's happening, it's a different phenomenon. And they just happen to be in the same woods as Bigfoot. There's not very many sightings of a Bigfoot actively with an orb. Now you have like Brown Mountain. You ever heard of the Brown Mountain Lights? Mm, I, I believe no. that's South Carolina. Don't hold me to that. Okay. But they're pretty much like spook lights or orbs seen every night. Uh, I mean, you can go see them. They're yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, and there's Bigfoot sightings on the mountain. Yeah. Not very many. I don't think any sightings I've ever read have had a Bigfoot and an orb. It actively at the same time. You know, they've had hunters at one night seen a Bigfoot, and then about two hours later, there's, seen there's orb. the orb. So I don't I don't know if they're just in the same area. That's kind of what I lean towards, is that they're... Because a lot of, most of the stuff is they don't have anything. They don't do anything in common. Uh, they're just there with each other. Right, right. Uh, so it's like saying, well, let's say beavers and otters prefer a lot of the same habitat. Doesn't mean they're. It doesn't mean that the otters are producing the beavers right. as a manifestation of their mind, or they're working together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just saying, it doesn't mean they're not though. I mean, for as far as Sasquatch is concerned, right? Yeah. Uh, none of these are more likely than the others at this point. Uh, it just it's all opinionated. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had to pick one off this list. What would you pick? Well, I was just gonna say like it's weird how the orbs kind of overlap. Not just Bigfoot, but they overlap UFO, they overlap ghosts and stuff yeah. like that, paranormal They're kind things. of, and that's a good point. That's a really good point to say. Uh, 
they're not a Bigfoot phenomena. Right, right. They're a phenomena that envelops a lot of this field. Yeah. Whether it's a cryptid, like you said, a cryptid, a ghost, or a UFO. It's all kind of over... Because I've heard, you know, UFO stories where these orbs will float around like they're just intelligent things, you know, like a little UFO ship, you know, mm-hmm. steering its way around, checking things out, going in and out of things, through things, whatnot, but... And, and then people, you know, associate that with UFO sightings and stuff like that. And then Bigfoot basically is like the same thing. It's, these orbs are either around, and we're not saying they are Bigfoot, or they could be, but they're associated with it. They're around them. It's some sort of energy. It looks like, you know, checking things out. It's just there. It's kind of, it's, it's strange, but I don't even know what an orb is. That's what, at the end of the day, I don't know what even that orb, yeah, my over lap these things is it just a ball of energy but if it is just a ball of energy it's ball lightning yeah yeah is that i don't even know if that's real it is the only reason it's real well the only reason it's real is because literally i cannot remember the guy's name for the life of me but he is a doctorate that just studies lightning phenomena Mm -hmm. and he witnessed it once he could be a paid shill i don't think so i think ball lightning is real but (laughs) He even said he didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. But that is whatever ball lightning is, is he has witnessed it. So, I mean... Because ball lightning basically has gone through people's houses and stuff like that. But it's a ball of electrical energy that just kind of hovers over the ground. Which... And blows the crap out of anything electronic. Doesn't, it doesn't even make sense. Like... No, it doesn't. It and doesn't. it's... We're missing pieces of a puzzle. Mm-hmm. So, it's literally like having a half-done puzzle squinting through a paper bag. You're gonna... You're missing something. And that's... Bigfoot. That's just the world we live in in general. Mm-hmm. Especially Every- this kind of topics. Oh, for sure. For sure. You're just, we're just throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. I mean, the only thing at the end of the day that's, is the truth. Like, what true, what's actually real is the only thing at the end of the day that's actually real. But you can talk about whatever. You can witness and see all these things. It doesn't mean you understand or know the truth behind it. But at the end of the day, the truth is the truth Whatever that may be, we don't even know. Mm-hmm. So you, you didn't pin out anything off this list. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, I guess. Well, I guess I don't know. I just fall in like the area where, guy. huh? You look like a fairy guy. Uh, I don't. I don't see. I don't count that out. I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely believe in that stuff because I. I also believe you know there's we could be living in a par. There could be a parallel universe. You know right on top of us at the same time and there's things that can go back and forth between who's to say fairy folk can't do that can't already do that do you people see how hard it is for me to get jay to pick something off a list yeah it's difficult i'm not just point at one i don't care nobody nobody knows (laughs) just point at one it's like i like leaving all options on the table but if, if there is anything i would pick i would just say it's i think it's just a form of energy that's somehow tied or related to Sasquatch. It's just somehow there's some something with the energy going on that we don't understand understand or know how to even talk about. Because um, I don't even understand energy because that's kind of a broad term, you know, at the end of the day. What is that even? I mean, there's tons and tons of forms of energy. On exactly. The so, But, uh, yeah, and that's, so that's where Jay falls, and I just fall on a unconnected phenomena or maybe... A non-Sasquatch-produced phenomena. Like we said, that they're attached to a lot of other phenomena. Yeah. So it's just kind of... I think that they're just there, and Bigfoot's just there. And they may be attracted to Bigfoot, but I don't think Bigfoot has anything to do with him. You're right, right. Uh, I just think 
that if anybody's making any of the calls, it's whatever they are. Mm-hmm. The orbs. Yeah. Yeah. And the Bigfoot just kind of hanging out. Right. Yeah. And it might know just as much about them as we know about mm-hmm. them. Like, yeah, I don't like these things, but they won't leave me alone. They follow me every freaking night. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know how hard it is when there's a flashlight following you. Spent my whole career hiding, yeah. and now I got this freaking flashlight. Won't leave me alone. It's floating around. I've thrown even... rocks at it. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, it goes you right through to, it. Try to touch it, it shocks you. This freaking sucks. Yeah, no wonder why they're so mad all the time. The Bigfoot are normally pretty well tempered. It's their, it's their other beings in the woods like Dogman that have quite the temper. <laughs> Dogman will kill you. Oh man! Uh, and we're gonna do the kind of the same thing with this as Dogman later. All right, so now, Jay, the big one, what is the connection with UFOs? So, there, so I, right there is a connection already with the orbs. Yeah, yeah. The orbs, that's, that's already it's kind a, of the same thing. an overlap. I mean, yeah. they are UFOs. Yeah, true, they are. And uh, so what I was going to ask, it, it was the same question you asked, is it correlation, is it causation, is it like the UFO? Because there's been stories of... Bigfoot sightings associated with UFO sightings at the same at the same time, or seen together, or seen, you know, within this just like orb seen in the relatively same amount of time. Seen a Bigfoot here, boom, and then at the same time, oh, there's a UFO at the same time, or vice versa, UFO first, then seen Bigfoot. Um, the main story I found, which found out you already knew about, uh, was the Fayette County uh, incident, or it was called the. I think that's the Chestnut Ridge incident. Chestnut now you're putting me out there. See, but then, but I don't even know for sure if it was. The, I just know Fayette County, Pennsylvania, October twenty fifth, nineteen seventy three. But Jay's gonna go into it. Yeah, well, at least a little over yeah. quick synopsis of it. So basically, locals saw a hovering UFO glowing, um, and as they went in to investigate, they got closer and they seen two Bigfoot type creatures underneath it. And as they approached, one of the one of the Bigfoots like waved its arm up towards the UFO. And at that time, that UFO just sped off. It was gone. And uh, I guess like a farmer there that was investigating took a shot at one of the Bigfoot. And they don't know if he hit it or not, but it caught, it made them both scurry off away into the woods and they were never seen again. Um, so that was the that incident. Now, was the UFO just so happened to be visiting and making contact with these? Were these creek was a Bigfoot in contact already with the UFO? Were they talking to it? Um, and people, there's a lot with UFOs. People talk about how they have experience where they've seen UFOs and they have some sort of almost like telepathic communication with it, like it's talking to them or speaking to them or grabbing their attention. So what if it's something like that they're doing with the Bigfoot? If the Bigfoot's at a conscious like. It's a consciousness has evolved to a level where it can communicate, speak with other beings like, like we speak with our language or you know something like that. Maybe it was just doing that with it. Who knows? No one knows because there's no science to like, really study this or really understand this 100. percent I will say. They'll probably one of the biggest downfalls of the Bigfoot community, and a lot of these paranormal subjects, is the lack. Of intershared uh, information. So a lot of researchers, let's say you're a Bigfoot researcher and now your Bigfoot sighting, the the person you're interviewing has a UFO encounter with the Bigfoot or, you know, same time or within the hour or something. They will throw that away 
mm-hmm. to fit their narrative. Mm-hmm. And the UFO person, most of the time, will do the same thing. The other way around, yeah. yeah I don't care about Bigfoot. I'm here for yeah. the UFO. Uh, not saying they're connected, but I think that's been heavily overlooked. Because there's, there's a lot of Bigfoot stories that involve UFOs, and there's a lot of UFO stories that involve something Bigfoot-like. Mm-hmm. Or Bigfoot in, within the next couple hours. Right, yeah. Uh, so I think that's kind of... I don't know what's happening there. But yeah. there may be something there that warrants more research. Oh, yeah. At least paying, worth paying attention to, or at least willing to acknowledge that they might some for some reason coexist mm-hmm. now whatever that reason may be to figure out yeah. but there's something you know something related there and i kind of think that it's an energy thing and like again with energy it's hard to tie that down let's just to put it in a few words and make but i think there might be some sort of connection that maybe that either they're both drawn to it together which is why that's there or it's just these parts where there's something different in that area or maybe with these with these things whether it's a ufo an alien or a bigfoot um they just might have some supernatural connection that just we just don't have an understanding of yet or we're not taught yet or those things that we're not privy to that they just have there's some overlap there that we're still trying to figure out and i think if we if we figure that out we might have a better understanding of a lot of different things that fall under yeah, this. Yeah, I think, I think that'll be kind of the next big wave in science for advancements is the kind of the paranormal stuff. Yeah, supernatural. And things everything's, everything's magic until it's not. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking science mm-hmm. or, you know, mechanics or whatever. If you took a combustion engine into the medieval times, that is the best magic that has ever existed. Right, yeah. And that'd be like a alien dropping off just their carburetor. Yep. And we're like, what is this? This is more, you know. Which it's just, you know, we don't understand. And that may be, when you're talking, if you take a flashlight back to medieval times, that's magic. Mm-hmm. So is that what we're witnessing? Is the, that's just kind of a tangent. The uh, UFO alien Sasquatch, maybe technologies or abilities. Mm-hmm is so much out of the range what we're prepared to what we're prepared for even yeah it's, prepared to understand yeah, it's 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 magical yeah it's you know paranormal it's not paranormal it just as far as our brains can tell it, that's you know that's not that's magic that's paranormal that's supernatural mm-hmm. you know and that's that's cutting hairs that's you know it's whatever but and it comes down to like how just how you even view the world itself mm-hmm. That what, is your worldviews do your affect everything beliefs, you do. Yeah, and like does reality shape your mind, or does your mind shape reality? Those sorts of things. Mm, like yes, it it's, gets it it gets into those areas, and I think that's a lot of why it's not touched, why it's kind of shunned by the scientific community, like the the mainstream scientific community because the mainstream guys. Yeah, the mainstream. You know those peer reviewed scientists. I think the hodag knows all. Probably does. Look at him. He looks very wise. It's it's like oxlottles. They look, they look just as dumb as they do wise. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's it. Like I said, a lot of these topics could be their own, their own podcast. Not even their own episode. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, Native American legends, for example, 
is so vast and so varying because there's so many cultures in, mm-hmm. yeah that are native to North America. It's truly remarkable. Uh, I love their stories, their folklore. Yep, same uh, here. It's not even. I don't know what the right words are. You know, they're just their stories. I guess they're folk history. Yeah, that's more. <laughs> it is. That's more what it is. Is it's oral history and a lot of that. Yeah. All right, all right. You ready for the big boy? Yeah, sure. Oh gosh, this is how much I have for just this one. I have three pages on this. We're good. Um, uh, Jay asked me how much time we had in the recording. Oh. <laughs> um. Well, this is the last topic, which would be conspiracies. That's the overhead. Yeah. And then the question is, it's kind of a two-parter. Uh, do we think the government knows about Bigfoot, and what are the reasonings they may be keeping it secret from us? And I think me and Jay have the exact same answer for the first part, yeah. and mild, wildly different for the second part. Agreed. And then I think most people would. So I think we both agree that government knows about it. Yeah, your government know, the government knows about everything. Everything and everyone, and what you're doing, and what you're saying, and what you look at on your phone when you poop. Government knows it all. Yeah, it's stored into a database that's probably... Uh, Built by Mark Zuckerberg or something, or Bill Gates or someone, I'm sure. But anyways. Or Sasquatch. Or Sasquatch itself. Yeah, it might be a... Sasquatch is the shadow government. It could be. That's a hot take you heard here first on Cryptids of the Corn, people. Yep. Remember that when they overthrow us. They were were built in a lab to uh, be superhuman environmental uh, adept creatures to spy on you. Is this what you really think? This is a theory. Anything's possible. Okay. Well, okay. So, Jay, now tell your actual okay. thoughts. Okay. Because that kind of came off as... Making it up on the spot? Your actual thoughts. What? It might be. I'm, I'm not saying no, <laughs> but I'm saying I may put some flags in for editing. <laughs> Jay doesn't have any thoughts on this topic. I have plenty. I have plenty. I think anything's possible with our... No. When, when the government's involved. I really do. I, th- yeah. I, I think the government has... Advanced technology. Your government does not like you. Correct. Or they do, but not on a personal level. They like you as a tool. They like you as a... Yeah, I like my car. An energy source, basically. They like you as a indentured servant, you know. I mean, I don't like... I I don't care for a lot of our government, but that's a hot take for another time. Which I think we're not here to bash the government. Yeah, yeah. They, but they, so, why do you think? So, you believe they're hiding information? They they know so, Bigfoot. Yes, and why? The question is, why would you hide it? Why? Yeah. So, why do you think the why? So I think they hide it because, reve- one, first of all, revealing it would open up a whole can of worms that mm-hmm. they've been hiding for and for years and years. And you can go back in history and see where they will suppress, you know, this information or. They'll hide it, or things that were presented in the past are now, like, put away, you know, suppressed, not talked about, not even acknowledged sometimes. And, but getting back to why, I think it opens up a can of worms in that field because it's a lot of things that, first of all, they're going to have to rewrite, you know, a lot of books and things like that. But it, it also opens up, like we were talking about earlier, like that spiritual realm of things that you just can't quite put your finger on or understand. Um, if if something like this opens up, well, it opens up the door for something else. It opens up the door for something else. And what it might eventually lead to is people being, like, kind of, I guess, empowered into themselves that 
kind of think for themselves and see how, oh, things aren't really as they're being presented or as we've been taught our whole lives growing up. And once that changes, then you've got a whole population of people with a whole different train of thought now that, oh, they, this isn't real or it wasn't real. This was always told us this, this was a lie. And now it turns out to be, oh, there's something here. This actually is real. It might get you start thinking about other things. And I think that's the main reason why it's suppressed is because it, they don't want you to think. They don't want the snowball effect. They don't want the snowball effect. You've got to stay in this certain box, this paradigm that we live in. And it, you have to live in that in order for control and power over the individual to, to exist, to take place. Once everybody's thinking for themselves um, and communicating with them, each other on the level that we have now, because you go back 100 years ago, you couldn't talk to um, a person on the other side of the country like that same day. You couldn't, and now you can talk to someone on the other side of the world in a second, in literally a second. Communications move so quick. So I think more and more things have to be bottled up and suppressed. And that's, I think, where like, the term conspiracy theory came from is, I think, from our government, that it just kind of, anything that's like in that realm of you're not supposed to think or talk about, it's labeled under a conspiracy theory, and in that, and I think just being under that label automatically gives you the impression of, oh, that thing's not real, that thing is to be ridiculed, you can't, you shouldn't even think about that, because then you're a conspiracy theorist, and if you're a conspiracy theorist, you're not living in, you know, quote-unquote reality. I do want to talk about that word. Yeah. Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. If for whatever reason, people have kind of forgotten what that word actually means. Mm-hmm. So, it does not mean some thought, idea. So, a theory is that. Yes. A conspiracy is, like, hidden behind plans. Yeah. Conspiracies are real. Like the JFK assassination. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Was a conspiracy. It was a conspiracy trial. That was a conspiracy. So I just want people to understand that that word does not mean what the modern thought mm-hmm. makes it seem, seem like what it means. It's almost like now, just within, I guess, society, whatever, um, it's, it just has a negative connotation yes, attached yeah, it, to it. It has, for, gained, it has gained that. For what reason? Where'd that uh, come from? You know? I think. A lot of that came from the early internet in the 90s, or the late the late 90s, early 1000s. And who invented the internet? Well, anyways. The government? Did they invent the internet? Oh, I'm pretty... Well, Al Gore said he did, and he's a government official. Yeah. But... <laughs> anyways. Uh, a lot of the early YouTubers and... Not YouTube, uh, like, the chat room people mm-hmm. that were running conspiracy chat rooms were... A lot of them had, like, schizophrenia and stuff. I think that's where it came from. Is that now that when our generation started getting on the internet, the conspiracy got lumped in with those people. Yeah. They were voicing that the you know, the holes in the walls were telling them all these secrets. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. I that's where I think that some of the connotation came from the, the negative connotation right. from the for the word is that people were using it to describe themselves and themselves were not mentally well. Mm-hmm. So now we're like, okay. So now when you hear that word again, you're just, that means you're not well. And, but even so, like where it came, how it's, how it's become like a negative thing is who can, who basically associated it with that in the first place to make the masses 
think like that. You know what I mean? That, and this is, you know, beliefs now. Yeah. I think it just naturally happened accidentally because of that kind of stuff. With, I think the birth of the internet is what kind of gave the conspiracy. Because conspiracy was, I mean, for the last 400 years, meant basically plots. You know, mm-hmm. you know real things. But yeah, and then now it's just like, okay, you're nuts. I think it. I think it's because the early days of internet, the people that were nuts that couldn't that nobody listened to, yeah, all of a sudden had an audience, mm-hmm. and that's where that kind of connotation came from. Is just this explosion, like you said, oh. of people being able to see people, talk to people across the world mm-hmm. in minutes, days, seconds. You know, it doesn't matter. So now this guy that lives in No Town, Georgia, has, a, has schizophrenia that has is untreated. Voice. Is telling you everything the shadows are telling him. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of spread like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, though. So, anything else for you on that? Uh, that's a good overview. I mean, we could go all day on this, but... Yeah, I mean... It's we, a good we, overview we of where I stand. All right. Justin's turn. Once in Justin fashion, we're not talking about Bigfoot. We're talking about Spotted Owls. Oh. You notice that pretty much this whole little series, and talk about something else. <laughs> what have I done? I've done a mammoths. I did something else. Uh, I did another animal, antelope fish or something. Yeah, and I did fish or elk. You did elk and fish. Yeah, a lot of fish. I was a fish guy. Yeah, you're, def- uh, you're a fish expert. So in 1986, I'm going to tell you a little story about spotted owls. And now let me find the right state. Was it in uh, Washington or or uh, Oregon or something like that? Yeah, it was somewhere out or there. Montana, maybe. No, I think it was Washington actually. Washington, okay. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I think it was Washington, 1986, U.S. Fish and Wildlife. So, a lot of some of these Bigfoot researchers believe this is the the test panel. They picked an animal that was basically extinct. They knew about a little population, and they wanted to see how the public was going to react. So. This is a big log, you know, big logging industry. In nineteen eighty six, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife said, "Yeah, we found two thousand pairs of spotted owls in this section of forest." Uh, and it got horrible instantly with the amount of protesters, death threats to uh, logging companies, uh, lobbying. Yeah, by nineteen ninety, so four years. It did take four years. Uh, the timber companies were required to leave up to it was almost fifty percent of their logging range. So instantly they got cut in half what mm-hmm. they were allowed to work on. And they had to move back two miles from anything that was remotely spotted out related. Mm. Uh so it and so not only did they get cut by almost fifty percent of what they were allowed to log, any biologist that came said, Well this looks like spotted aisle activity Pushes your line back even further. Yeah. Two miles. Yeah. And it's just for finding a, maybe a pellet. Yeah. And it, this, this, there's a whole bunch of this. So that was the test run. I think why the government doesn't let anybody know about Sasquatch is because they look so much like us. They're so closely related to us. The, the amount of money it's going to cost us is just astronomical. And I actually have those figures. Uh, if the government released... Well, well, we'll talk about some of this stuff. If the government just came out tomorrow and said Bigfoot's real, the only protest will be for human rights activists. Because that's basically what we're going to say they are. You think they would do that? Hey, 
Guys, we had a little bit of a recording mishap. So the last thing we said, I believe, was we were talking about that if they said Sasquatch is real, uh, human rights activists, stuff like that, would just be out up in arms the next day. Uh, mainly because they how similar they are. We had known nothing about them. Mm-hmm. We're going to assume they're very human-like. Uh, and Jay was asking if I really think that it, you know, it's going to be like that. And yeah, I think it'd be... That's one of the big problems, is it's going to be an uproar. Like, uh, all kinds of stuff's going to stop on a dime because of this stuff. Like logging and uh, what else would stop? Uh... Uh, so... The camping and outdoor recreations. Okay. I mean, how yeah. many people are going to keep camping? Now we say, yeah, there's an 800-pound ape predator out there. It doesn't change that they've been there the whole time. Right. It's Now it's in the psyche because most, to be honest with you, most of our the money comes from this stuff is from weekend warriors from cities that come out and mm-hmm. spend. They'll spend, they'll buy their $50 fishing license and 20, uh, you know, 100 bucks in poles. And right, yeah. They catch half a fish. But, uh, yeah. So that's just, it's, I think, the next day, if the government said today, and they had a body, and they're like, yes, Sasquatch is real. Mm-hmm. Here's a body. Uh, we're still doing more research on numbers and stuff like that. The next day, there would be tons and tons of backlash. Everything would stop. They'd cease all logging industries uh, in the whole, probably the whole continental U.S., for just just to figure out population estimates, because you're talking about something we know officially nothing about that is now extremely human-like. Whether they're you know they're an off branch of orangutan, whatever. Mm-hmm. We're talking about something with obvious higher intelligence uh, that has very human-like faces. I mean, from all the reports I've heard, I one I seen, I didn't get to see definition of the face, seeing the eyes, but uh, it would just it would just stop on a dime. It'd be, it would literally be insane. So, I'm going to ask Jay some questions. Yes. I'm going to talk about financials real quick. Okay. Um, how much do you think the U.S., so this is last year, the U.S. logging industry was worth? Oh, last year? That's, that's co- even including the COVID year? Yeah, it didn't stop much. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm sure it's multi-billion. I'm going to guess... $22 billion. 17.3. Hey, I overshot it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was okay. How much do you think camping alone is worth? $2.3 billion. 7.88. Oh, okay. That's So right more. there, we're at like $26 billion. billion. Now let's talk about outdoor recreations as a whole, which camping is involved in this number, but not logging. How many do you think that is? So it's got to be more than... It's more than camping, because the yeah. camping's in there. What was the camping in seven or five? Seven point eight. Seven point eight. So ten. Three hundred and seventy-four billion dollars a year in the U.S. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a little bit more. Three hundred and seventy-four billion dollars. What is that all? How? Because all the the small stuff people buy. It's what it is. Wow. Every little everything. So now let's say Sasquatch is real, affects this number, by five percent. That's a multi-billion dollar. That's 15 to 20 billion dollars it staffs away from people's pockets. Mm-hmm. All that taxable income, all that. Yeah. Instantly. You know, Let's say it affects it bigger. I right. mean, people are going to freak out. 
people are going to not want to go out in the woods. People aren't going to want to hike. I definitely think it would freak out more people than it would attract more people. Yes, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So that is my big belief is this will cause billions and billions of dollars of losses overnight. It'll stop one of the biggest industries in the U.S. Which is logging or yeah. camping? Or... Logging as, it, as an individual. Okay. Uh, it just It's going to turn everything on its head. Yeah, things uh, change. Not even like like you talk about like religious views and political like not political but you know what I mean. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is just just the money turning. Economic views. Yeah, it's <laughs> gonna stop. Yeah. So that's where. That's where I fall on it. See, that's just what's frustrating is like, if they if they're hiding it just for financial reasons, let's just say it. That's the sole reason. I mean, it's just, it's not right because it's not the truth. We're not living in truth and reality of what I mean, how actually much, exists out how there. How much truth are we actually living in? Right now? Yeah. Not a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of kinds of stuff that happens you don't know about. And, you know, that I think that's why there's the world maybe the way it is, or has been the way it's been the past, I don't know, hundreds of years, thousands even, maybe years you could say, just because we're not living in truth. We're living in what we're told to live in. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, what is reality? And it messes with your mind, especially nowadays when you know there's just so much. I mean, a lot of stuff's thrown at you, obvious, or not maybe not obvious, but isn't real. It's a lot of reality, reality in quotes, isn't real. It's just all speculation. It's all planted in your head. And, yeah, it's not good for, I don't think it's good for the human uh the human brain as a whole, like the collective of all humans, it it's where I think we're better off knowing the truth, and letting the chips fall where they may after that at that point. Because I think people at least have more informed decision of how to react to things or how to treat certain things or just how to live in a certain way, maybe even. I think, I, I I'm always just I think it just falls where the money is. Yeah. Is it just instantly is gonna take you out? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine anything else that stops? Billions of dollars overnight. overnight. Uh, the only thing I can and we're think talking of, if it just affects. I'm just saying a small percentage. Yeah, five still billions. Is five percent is? Oh, I know one thing that can do that. Five percent is almost seventeen billion dollars overnight. Yeah, that's a lot overnight. And then it has long term effects and brings everything down by ten percent over the year or twenty percent mm-hmm. over the year. You're talking about so much money. That it's it's astronomical. You, I wonder if like, well, it's almost relatable to uh, what happened last year with. It's probably the closest thing we can compare it to. You shut everything down, you know, and yeah, I mean, uh, that was a real. Don't say that word. No, I'm not. Because, but you shut everything down, you know. It's, it does. You see how much, because we're still dealing with that right now, mm-hmm. and we're going to be for years, and. It, if you were to shut other things down, you know, who knows what repercussions that's going to change for the way we live life right now and the way things are structured. Things are going to change, and change is not always taking the best for most people. Or Sometimes change is for the good, but sometimes change is not for the good. and <laughs> You don't know what effects might happen after the end of that. Mm-hmm. If, if it's just preventing that, yeah. I mean, I can see why you would want to prevent that. All right. Well, I think we did a pretty good job of 
baseline covering a lot of these questions. And I do have one last oh, question oh, for you. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, yeah, he had a question for me. Yes, this one came in late on the ticker. So I have no idea what this freaking thing is, and you're going to make me look stupid, and, and I'm just going to delete this whole last segment. That's a simple question. Where do Bigfoot sleep? Huh? Where do Bigfoot sleep? Well, I think it very depends on what area of the world you're in, first off. And we're talking, I think, in Ohio, especially uh, the south or southeast Ohio, they're going to be ridgeline sleepers. They're very hard to get to for people. They're going, people are going to make a lot of noise to get up there. To get to where they're sleeping? Yeah. I think a lot of southern Bigfoots are living in caves, crevices, and kind of holdbacks. Uh, I think a lot of your Pacific Bigfoots have you know nesting sites, like some gorillas and stuff like that. I think a lot of your northern Bigfoots have nesting sites. I think it really heavily is going to depend on Where what at. population you're talking about. I think when they're traveling through Ohio, the Midwest, it's a little harder. From the, They don't have a place, like, you know, a designated place to per se. I think they make comfortable areas, and I think they destroy them when they leave. When they, okay. So, okay. Nothing, nothing, no structures really left behind. That's no, and I think, permanent. Uh, I think maybe you have cave sites and nesting sites, maybe out west. I've seen some stuff of almost like big bear dens. So bears dig dens uh, constantly. What they don't do is they don't bring living branches in to sleep on mm, um, okay. and living leaves to sleep on. They will kick in dead leaves. Yeah. And I've seen some pictures and stuff of uh, these big bear nest quotation marks. They have a bunch of snapped off sticks and living leaves and stuff for bottom. Uh, I've seen some kind of lean-to st- structures out west. I think the actual structure building like that is not a Midwest thing. It, it's a little... It's really pretty much everywhere else but the Midwest in the desert. Okay. Uh, I think a lot of the stuff they use when they're in the Midwest is improvised. Uh, you don't want to be found, so they're not going to leave. And they're just staying for such a short time. Yeah. They're not leaving these giant, massive structures around. But, like, you go up in Canada, Alaska, out... You know, people find big structures whether they're signs you know they're some form of communication or they're some kind of nesting structure right yeah uh something to keep out of that's the a good question that was a good question yeah, I but so. i think i think that's where it kind of falls it's what population you're talking about uh i i i think they take a lot of advantage of cave structures uh cutbacks and stuff like that where where do you fall in uh, them coming from inner earth being inner earth beings? I don't think they're inner earth beings. Okay. I I don't know. I don't think they're inner earth beings. I think they may uh, you know use cave structures to their advantage. I think they may even know some caves that might pop in and out here and there. Yeah. So they can travel bigger chunks of gr- land underground. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think. I think they're definitely a terrestrial animal above surface the cave the whole cave thing is pretty interesting to think about it's, no there's a lot there yeah. there's a lot there i don't think sasquatches yeah are part of that system there's some others but cryptids in general there's some cryptids i think that really fall into these giant cave systems in the mm-hmm. u.s the u.s has the largest cave system in the world the mammoth cave system it goes from new york to south carolina all the way up to past chicago yeah that's nuts that's uh, huge and we're just now kind of you know figuring out a lot of it yeah hmm yeah, All right, I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, we missed your question. I'm sorry. I tried to gather all of them. I kind of cut some questions out that were uh, maybe kind of really similar to another question. 
or I cut some questions out that were just, I don't think we were ready to, you know, really tackle at this point, you know. Right, yeah. I just, there's some questions that were a little goofy, too. So I kind of left them out. One was about reproduction. Ah. So I just was like, yeah, you know. Like gestation periods or like sizes of, uh, yeah. you yeah. know, their egos. Parts. Yeah. You know, feet. Yeah. You know what they say about big feet? Yeah, big shoes. And big socks. All right. So, like we end last episode, we're going to try to do this something fun. So, Jay's going to pick a cryptid. Is that what you were just looking around the room at? Yep. I found, He just did a full circle around my room, and there's cryptids everywhere. Uh, and he's going to pick a cryptid. I'm going to try to make the noise. You ready? Yeah. Mothman. Oh, that's pretty easy, because all of reports are talking about being high-pitched and squeak. <laughs> I'm doing the flapping too. <laughs> yeah, maybe we need this, the visual. Yeah. There you go. Sounds right. I think so. <laughs> anyway, he said he talked really high, or the noises made were really high pitched and weren't loud. Yeah. So, like, uh, the one lady described it as almost being like a big mouse. Oh, okay. That sounds uh, interesting. All right. All right, guys. I've been Justin. And I've been Jay. We are Crypt is the Corn, and we'll catch you next week.